I Speak the System by Jimmy Cliche. This is Chapter 30, Graduation. The diversity committee members were trying to raise money for the AIDS Dance-a-thon. I didn't have many donations other than from, the pa- from my parents and the parents of a couple kids I babysat, but I was looking forward to the event. I'd always enjoyed the dances in middle school and public high school, but this was in Boston at the Heinz Convention Center, and it was huge. I met a girl in a chat room online who'd sort of been my girlfriend for a couple weeks, but it was before one could easily upload a picture, so no one knew what anyone looked like. She was going to the dance-a-thon as well and told me exactly what she'd be wearing, so I told her what I'd wear. When I got to the dance, I kept thinking I saw her, but then she'd look away. I tried finding her all night and was finally approached by one of her friends who told me that my girlfriend didn't know I was so fat and she wasn't interested in me anymore. I had told her I was overweight, but apparently she imagined I was exaggerating. That stung. I was single after that for years, and I was miserable, feeling like no one would ever love me. In improv class, I was involved in a wedding skit called Harold and Katie's Wedding, where I played Katie and Lynn from Homeroom played Harold. We were supposed to be mentally ill artists, and our teacher was the marriage officiant. Tabitha played my homeless, alcoholic ex-boyfriend. Cadence played my daughter, and Samantha, who was typically hip-hop style, played an upper-class, rich bitch mother-in-law. We performed it in front of the school, and it was supposed to be like they were all guests at the wedding. It seems funny, looking back, that Tabitha and Lynn both played with gender in their characters, but I hadn't gone there yet and was still just playing a girl not too unlike myself at the time. Maybe because I felt that was a role. Not long after the improv wedding, I got an idea to start a talent show. I'd always loved talent shows growing up, but never got to take part in them with any of my actual talents. I had an idea to perform a Gilda Radner skit from SNL. I'd memorized several of her skits. My friend Cassie got me into Gilda through her old special, Gilda Live, the summer before high school, and she quickly became my favorite thing. I'd been performing the Julie, the Judy, I'd been performing the Judy Miller skit, show skit to friends at parties and gatherings since freshman year. I wanted to do it in front of CCS and I needed a reason. My improv teacher thought it was a brilliant idea since there were so many talented kids at school, musicians, dancers, poets, actors, etc. Most of us had our art or photography on display all around school, and the band would play a few rock songs at graduation, plus we had an improv performances every now and then, but we were lacking a talent show. I helped organize one and hosted it with my improv teacher playing a mother and child. People loved it. My teacher was a great actor. Apparently the kids thought I was hysterical and that the teacher seemed annoying, but I felt like it was all her doing and the only reason I was funny was because she set me up to be. When I watched the video of it, I hated my hosting role, but I thought my Gilda act was executed fairly well and the kids at school all loved it. I mean, it was a classic Gilda Radner skit. If done right, there was no way I'd fail, and thankfully I didn't. 
I wore overalls over a striped shirt because I didn't have a brownie uniform, and I had my hair in pigtails. I brought a pillow, stuffed animals, and a bag of crackers for props. I had everyone in stitches with the skit. I always had a talent show for I always had a talent for using my body and facial expressions, and while I thought I failed at hosting the talent show, at least they enjoyed it. That was an important thing I did for myself to get my peers back on my side, and it was important to the school too. I guess they still do it to this day. There were five other performances besides mine at that time. The rest were all music. There were a couple bands and a few solo performances. One girl sang Waterfalls by TLC, which was new at the time, and everyone else did classic rock. They were all awesome, and it was a great experience that helped, that I helped to make possible. I didn't give myself much credit for it at the time, or any of, or any of my achievements for that matter. No, none of it seemed to impress my parents or my other adult relatives much, so I didn't think there was much, there was anything impressive about it either. But looking back, I've got to give myself credit. When the Spring Music Coffee House came around, it was on a Friday night, and I drove myself to CCS that day for the first time, going the route I watched my driver take to and from school each day. To get to school, I took Route 93 south to Starrow Drive, got off at Kenmore Square near Fenway Park, and followed the Sea Line train up to Beacon Street to Coolidge Corner where the school was. We had half days on Fridays. Soren, Alex, and Tabitha all came home with me that day. To get home, we went down Harvard Ave in Brookline all the way through Alston, over the bridge and across the Charles River, then down Memorial Drive through Cambridge and past Harvard, coming out near the Alewife Tea Station, which is near where I live now. But back then I had to go down Route 2 West to 95 North, and then that was a long highway ride before arriving back home. We opened the window in the car and enjoyed the, spring, the music and the spring air. When we got home, it was still only about one thirty in the afternoon, so we went over to the public high school and walked around there like we owned the place. Tabitha and I held hands just to be in people's face because it was still completely taboo to be gay there. Soren and Alex, Soren and Axel were alternative and goth, and we were an interesting crew. We went out to dinner together at Bertucci's, then headed to the coffee house at the school that night. The younger kids all brought something new. There was a band with a black freshman goth punk boy as their singer playing sing playing cult of personality, which was cult of personality, which was a favorite song of mine since middle school. A skinny emo boy with glasses played Losing My Religion on the piano. And there was also a band called Alewife that was a death metal that was death metal, but I actually kind of liked them, especially because their guitarist was my old friend Mac, who lived next door to my grandparents. I grew up playing with him. He was in the youth group that year too. He was an incredibly talented guitarist even then, and now he's actually in a couple world famous death metal bands. They played Ozfest and have been rated in Rolling Stone's best metal band list. He was always such a sweet person, though, and still is to this day. 
While the younger kids brought some musical variety, and a few of them were cool people, a lot of them were nightmares. When we took the freshmen to their spring confirmation retreat, they were by far the worst we'd ever experienced. It was my sister's class. Her and a few of her friends were okay, but most of them were spoiled brats. They had no interest in what we had to offer with spirituality and just talked over us and ignored us, refusing to participate. It didn't help that the retreat was in Waltham at some shitty church with a small yard rather than the beautiful retreat spot up in Ipswich that we used to go to. Sarah and her husband had just given birth to twins and they were on overload. We had a few new adult leaders because they, but be, we had a few new adult leaders, but because they were so young and close in age to the older kids, they'd occasionally drink together at events that I was completely left out of, and I'd hear about it later, feeling totally depressed and self-hating. I ended up back at Dickinson Hospital again, for a long list of reasons, on the adult ward for another week. It didn't help that as soon as I got there, the nurse said, I remember you. You got fat, as if I didn't know. I naturally didn't do so well on my SATs with all the stress I was under, and I didn't think of and I couldn't think of anything impressive to write on my college applications either. My essays were lacking spirit and not my best work, to say the least. It also cost a lot of money to apply to each school, and I could sense that my parents didn't want to waste money on me, so I only applied to a few places. I heard back from Emerson College, Goddard, and Hampshire, and they all said they were sorry, but I wasn't accepted. I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. I got a job at Blockbuster, but only lasted a couple days before sobbing on the job and deciding not to go back. It was too much pressure. I thought it'd be a good fit for me because I knew everything about movies and knew my way around the store like the back of my hand. Similarly, I applied to Newbury Comics, where I would have preferred to work, but I wasn't cool enough. Blockbuster was miserable, though, and I decided I needed a degree of some sort to get a better job. I applied to Middlesex Community College, where they had to accept me, and my grampy offered to pay. I was supposed to get a full college scholarship from Claymore for some medications I let them test on me back when I was in the isolation room there a couple years earlier, and I had my blood drawn and had and I had to get my blood drawn and spit in a tube every day. But the last day when they came to draw my blood in the isolation room, I was dehydrated. All the meds gave me dry mouth. When they tried to take my blood, they couldn't get any. They said, "I'm sorry, but your blood is part of the contract, so we can't give you the college scholarship." But here's a $5 coupon to a fast food restaurant of your choice to thank you for your time. Now that I was over 200 pounds as a result of their medications, that seemed like a fucking slap in the face. On top of all that, I missed one hour too many of my gym class to qualify for full credit, which I needed having not taken gym at all since the beginning of freshman year. CCS made my family pay for 30 hours with a physical trainer at a gym to make up for the one hour too many I'd missed, and I had to stay in gym class at school. It seemed unfair, like they were singling me out for being fat. There was a black girl at school who was in several of my classes, including gym, and she was almost never there for a single class. She had at least 10 absences per class. 
Most classes only allowed two absences before giving half credit, and four or more absences we failed. She was supposed to graduate in spring of 96 like me, but of course after 10 or more absences per class, the school said she, couldn't, she wouldn't be graduating. Keep in mind, I was in no way judging her for her absences. I had no idea what she was going through, but everyone said the school was being racist for not letting her graduate. I tried to defend the school and explained my own situation, saying it had nothing to do with race. The school didn't allow us to graduate if we missed that many classes, and it was a strict rule. But of course everyone decided I was a racist too. I went to the gym and busted my ass for a couple hours every night, full of self-hate. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have graduated. And while I wasn't ready to leave CCS, everyone at school hated me for being a narc since I was sober, and then a racist for that, so I was done. Looking back, I think it's actually quite likely that there was some racist shit done by the school, and that maybe led her to not coming to class. It wasn't a perfect school as much as I loved it, and I'm not a perfect person who's never done a racist thing, but I make a lot of but I make an effort to learn and do better. There was certainly some racism at CCS though, including the fact that we didn't have a single black teacher the whole time I was there. I never had any in public school or college either. When the year was coming to an end, I asked my therapist if I could continue meeting with her after I graduated like some of the other students did, and she told me no. It was time to grow up, and she couldn't be there for me anymore. That broke my heart because it took every last nerve I had to ask her, and she didn't even consider it. She was ready for our time to be up, and if I wasn't, it was because I was immature and needed to grow up, and maybe I was. It was just as well I didn't stay with her. On graduation day, my dad was flying home from Denver where he'd been away for business. I was nervous that we wouldn't get to my summer, that we wouldn't get to my ceremony on time with all the traffic, but we made it. There were 11 of us in our grad, there was 11 of us in my graduating class. It was the biggest class that had ever graduated from CCS at that point. Maya bent over a bench lifted her dress and showed me her new butt tattoo right before the ceremony started, and the band played some Pink Floyd and Credence songs, and Rudy put on a slideshow with photos of us all set to an eclectic mix of music. Every year, the graduation slideshow would also include photos of the staff while the song What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong would play. I was awarded with the Creative Voice and Vision Award and given a book called Screenwriting 101. I made a speech with a little humor and some good stories and quotes, and I felt okay about how it went. I was proud of myself to be able to say I won an award and made a speech at my graduation, but I also felt like I knew it was only because I was in, uh, in alternative school. Looking back, though, that made it even more special because I adapted and got my life on a much better track than it was going for a long time. My nana, parents, sisters, and a couple of my aunts, my cab driver, and Mona all came to the graduation ceremony, which was a great night. I had a backyard graduation party a week or two later, which my friends from CCS and my town all attended, along with my extended family. My dad rented a backyard tent, tables, and chairs. He had some connection with a party guy at the time. 
We got Italian food catered and sat at white tables around the yard with black and purple balloons and decorations because those were the colors of the school jacket and the colors I chose for my tassel. I got a couple thousand dollars for my bank account, which seemed like a lot, but only lasted a few years. My parents got tickets for me and my cab driver to see Joan Osborne at the Orpheum in Boston as a graduation gift. We went to the Chinese food place with the giant Buddha next to Airwife, where the summer shack is now, and then to the concert where the screaming cheetah wheelies opened up. We stayed in touch through summer and I and did volunteer work together for an event for fatherless children. I dressed as a clown and painted kids' faces, and my cab driver did balloon animals. My family paid her to do my cousin Kenny's birthday party, too, but she went through something traumatic and got kind of weird on me, and I ended up dropping her from my life after summer school was over. I actually had to beg CCS to let me attend summer school since I'd already graduated, but Chris was doing an acrylic painting class called Creative Recovery and something about getting in touch with our inner child. I couldn't miss the chance. It was a life-changing class where I truly learned to paint for the first time. I didn't fully re- I didn't fully discover my style until the last day when I had a bunch of paint to- left over and let loose with it, painting with my soul. That was my favorite painting all semester. I was grateful to get that last class in and some more time with my friends and teachers that I loved. For summer vacation that year, we did something different and went to Lake George in New York with Mona's family. Mona and I were on bad terms. Her little brother was at an obnoxious age, and our parents played cards all night while drinking and chain-smoking in the cabin. The lake was at the bottom of a steep hill that was difficult for me to climb. We tried water skiing, but I was too heavy and couldn't figure out and I couldn't figure it out, and then I couldn't even lift my body weight back onto the boat. Getting me back in was humiliating. The food sucked everywhere we went, and I was trying to write a screenplay, but it wasn't coming out how I wanted. The one thing I did get to do that I really loved was that my dad and I went parasailing, which was such a freeing experience, way up high above the lakes and trees. We also spent a day at a water park where I floated on tubes down man-made rivers for hours, and that was nice too, but it was a long drive to New York and back for not much fun overall. I was the only one to think it was... I wasn't the only one to think it was a shitty vacation, at least not... at least in comparison to the many great vacations we've had over the years. When we got back from Lake George, I was going to and from Middlesex Community College a lot, signing up for classes and filling out forms to apply for help with my learning disabilities and stuff like that, which meant getting doctor's letters and paperwork from CCS. My first semester, I signed up for Film 101, Psychology 101, English Lit, Acting, and Algebra. They said I'd have to take a number of math and foreign language classes that wouldn't even count for college, but I couldn't take the college classes I needed without them. I was stressed about how much work I'd have to do. I would have liked to have taken less, but in order to be covered on my dad's health insurance, I had to be a full-time student, and being in therapy and on a cocktail of psych meds, I needed insurance, so I went for it. 
When college started, it was like being right back in public school, and it triggered me. I wasn't able to do all five classes and had to accept Fs for grade in the ones I dropped, lowering my GPS, lowering my GPA in order to stay on the insurance. I miss CCS terribly. I turned 18 a few days after starting school and voted for Bill Clinton in his second term, not long after in my first election. I got a new therapist outside of school who I didn't like at all. Growing up was miserable and I wanted nothing to do with it.